Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. This is episode 91. Joining me today is Michael J. Morgan. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. To the conversation. Welcome. I was on a podcast last night called Conversations, so we're just keeping it going. It's just, you know, when you're coming up with a podcast name. It seems like the obvious one. Yeah, I'm like, uh, my name and conversation and podcast. We came up with that name and we're like, this is so original. And then I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, no one has this. And then I searched conversation (laughs) in the podcast directory and like the first one was Oprah and I was like, okay, we we got a lot of uh, podcast SEO to work with here. Yeah. So is the Oprah Conversation podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're in competition, so let, this has to be a good one. So your podcast, the one that you're referring to, that was a finale that you were shooting last night. Correct. And it's called Conversations. Conversations. Okay. No name before, no name after, just conversations. It's tough to find. Real tough. <laughs> it, okay. I. It's hard for me to find it. Thanks, yeah. Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> Oprah. So I do want to give some foundational stuff for for people that are less familiar with you that Please. don't that don't know who you are or what you do. Um, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so rumor has it you work in uh, we'll call it brand. Um, what do you? Yeah, graphic design and brand stuff. But how do you say it? Yeah, that's what I say. Brand stuff. No, um, so I do brand strategy. Brand strategy. um, And ultimately, like, strategy removed from brand or, you know, business. I would say somewhere between uh, maybe the best one is, like, management strategy or business strategy. And then from there, sometimes that's brand. Sometimes that's product strategy. Sometimes that is, like, business offering or sales offering. So it's kind of one of those three. yeah. Okay. I don't know what any of that means. You're like I'm bored. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know my my only experience with brand is like I'm from uh, Reno, Nevada. Before I got to LA, we're in Los Angeles right now. We are. Just to clarify, uh, Los Angeles area. Uh, we're in a different city, and but um, they don't need to know. They don't need. You don't need to know. Just pretend. We there's like um. This brand company that we, I would go to like these small business meetings, these small business kind of beer hangs mm, nice. and chat with other small business owners because I had my videography business. And then there's another dude that kind of helped launch businesses. He was like the brand. He would, yeah, he, help. he was a me. Yeah. He would help start, <laughs> you know, yeah, first time like logo designs and mm-hmm. website designs and all that kind of stuff. So I'm yeah. assuming that's kind of, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, Yes, I think like I started there. I started designing at 15. I'm 35 now. So I've had some time to kind of be in the logo business, I guess you could say, and websites and all of that. And after a while, you do that for long enough and you're like, there's like so much more to the businesses I'm contributing to. I'm making this logo for them, but like, what are they going to do with it? Where does it go? And then you're like, oh, it goes on these products. Oh, what do the products do? Like, why those products? Why are they named that way? You know, uh, eventually in 20 years of doing it, like 
you start asking different questions about the business um, and about your business and about what you do. And it's like, or I started to anyway. And um, the questions weren't, how do I get better at making logos? But instead, like, how is what I'm contributing to contributing to other people, you know? So, and then how can I help position that? Um, and then if that meant changing a business or a business offering or adding business offering or changing a name, then, all right, let's find logos to suit that or, or, or logo, uh, you know, ecosystem, maybe multiple logos to suit that. So yeah, similar to that guy, similar origins. And then eventually kind of, I don't want to say grew out of it. Um, but I personally grew out of it. Not that that line of work isn't, um, vast. It just wasn't exactly for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think too, cause you said you started at 15 getting into brand specifically ish esque area. Or are you talking about like design and like where does, cause I know mm. our, our overlap here is the creative field. I work in film. Yeah. So I'm dealing with creative folk and creative people and, mm. you know, doing the podcast stuff too. I'm coming across other creatives and hearing about their processes and stuff. So mm. being that you are working in that creative space in multiple levels, I'm curious as to, yeah, like you didn't, yeah, yeah. Digging, stepping back into the, the origin origins pre like pre 15 and how you found your way to however you found your way here yeah, to, the to, to, to here it was a tough to get here i it, w it was um a lot of traffic to get here yeah um so 15 i uh learned how to play guitar um and also started a band even though i could barely play guitar um, and no one in that band knew how to sing, nor did I, but I was like, I'll do that too. Um, it's punk rock music, so I didn't really need to know too much about singing. Um, I was like, I could do it. So I started learning that and then very quickly, you know, MySpace era, early internet, like early, like bands being on the internet era, album artwork, like you needed like visual assets and you needed digital assets, which I didn't call them that at the time. I needed like a t-shirt or a logo or a banner for MySpace or something. Um, and so I was like, it was very like uh, utilitarian in a way. I was just like, I need this thing for my band to like present us to the world, you know, like, and it was one of those, like, you're young, you just kind of see what's happening in front of you. Oh, um, this band is cool, and they have a logo. I guess we need a logo, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. um, just sort of modeling the things around me. Um, and that's where I started. Uh, I went to my sister's room. She had a computer. I didn't at the time. And she was taking graphic design classes in high school. And so um, she had Photoshop on her computer, but she also had Microsoft Paint, if you remember that tool. Yeah, yeah. Epic good tool. times. Good Great times. times. And I designed my first logo in Microsoft Paint. Um, my band was called Misled Youth, which I later found out, also another band name, um, way bigger than us. So between conversations and uh, that name and Misled Youth, terrible at naming things. Um, I think I got better, but wasn't good then. Uh, I found a font 
on uh, dafont.com, D-A-Font.com. Still a website. looks exactly the same, which is super cool. And the font had just a bunch of arrows. Like every letter was just drawn out with uh, using arrows. So I was like, perfect. Like misled youth, arrows pointing everywhere. It just made sense to me. Um, and I made it in paint. And what was cool about paint is once you did something, you couldn't like... I think you could undo it maybe one time. You could undo one step, but it was like pretty permanent. And so like you had to like get it right. I thought that was really cool. And so like I got it right and then I exported it and I printed it and I still have like that printed thing. I don't know how I still have it, but it, I have the crumpled up printed logo that I designed uh, then. So that was kind of how I got into it. Okay. So it was creative, seeking creative, like you had the band... I mean, I you're I have a cousin that had a similar, yeah. He he started the ba- punk rock band like Offspring and all that kind of stuff. And he started the Offspring. He's no, <laughs> he was inspired by the Offspring. Is that punk rock? Yeah, that's kind of that's more like it's pop punk. Uh, either way, yeah. yeah. So it sounds familiar to me for sure. Yeah. It's like all right, yeah. I like the Offspring's logo. I don't know what their logo looks like. I feel like it's just a big O, but. There was like flames, maybe, maybe. Somewhere. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So you designed the logo. What did the band think about the logo? Uh, I don't really think we were old enough to have much of an opinion. I think just having a logo was like at the time. Yeah. That was amazing. So I think everyone was pretty sold on it. Best client I ever had. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Easy. All right. Um. It's a okay. good question, though. I yeah. don't recall getting like feedback. I don't think anyone was like, can you do like another round of revisions? Like, I don't even think they knew you could. Well, cause I know like <laughs> normally when you present a logo to people that don't understand the process, they start mm. pointing at it and like, Hey, what if like, it'd be really cool. Like, why don't you put flames right here and do yeah. this and do that? And you're like, this took forever. And this is kind yeah. of what we got. I feel like I was at a perfect time where like no one really knew how to do it. And so, or like they hadn't seen like their cousin do it or anything, you know? So it was like, they had no reference point. Whereas like flames, like I could be like, that's impossible. But I also had no idea how to do it. So I probably would have just been like, I don't know how to do that. And they've been like, okay, I don't either. Let's keep making punk rock music. (laughs) Nice. All right. So that's high school. That's high school. You mentioned a sister. That's an older sister, I assume. Yeah, yeah. ahead of you. So she was taking graphic design. Okay. Um, yeah, we lucked out. We had a graphic design class in our high school, mm-hmm. or like two of them, which I don't think a lot of high schools had that. I don't know, but um, lucked out and had one. That's I took that class pretty much after that and uh, loved it. Okay. I'm trying to, I guess, I know you're a man of many thoughts. And like even just skimming through your Instagram, you can just see a lot of like you're you're very open about putting. I don't know if it's like opinions or just thoughts or like morals or or principles kind of out there. Like, hey, live like this is just you're good at expressing. Mm. Um, Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So I want to dive into some of your kind of thoughts about things to say very generally. Mm. But I am curious about connecting the dots between designing a logo for your band Mm -hmm. and still living in that world now, like 20 years later. So Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Just kind of like curious about if when that became the plan and if 
like you kind of fell in love with it at some point like those those story beats if you will yeah i think um now putting good ideas out into the world putting ideas um you know rich in in values in thinking in you know um goodness into the world um in a way it's communication at, at its smallest level or biggest level um and I think recently, uh, even more so, I kind of realized the responsibility of what I was doing even back then. Um, I, you know, the responsibility then was maybe less. Uh, I was just making a logo for MySpace, but I was still communicating something, you know, the color choices, the typography, the name of the band itself, you know, where that showed up, on what merchandise, was it a pin? or not, or a shirt, was the shirt black? You know, these were symbolizing things, they were communicating things. They weren't communicating the biggest things in the world, um, but they were communicating things. Um, and I think over time realizing the importance of that um, and the importance of word choice and the importance of, um, well, the challenge of being a creative person, because um, it can be challenging at times or sometimes a lot of the time, um, you're, t you know, tasked with a lot of different things like, um, developing, um, your artistic statement in a way, uh, collaborating with people, understanding yourself well enough to generate ideas. And so, you know, that became like a really important part of what I do now. Um, uh, of the things I communicate now different from back then, but, um, I do think there's a thread, um, just to fat speed up my my history, it was like did that in high school, graduated high school, after shifting around into majors, ultimately decided I want to do graphic design, um, and did that. Graduated, got a gig in design, and then worked a career in design until I decided I don't really want to work nine to five. I'd rather kind of own my schedule, own the clients I take on, um, you know, or be responsible for the clients I take on have people come to me for me and the things I can contribute, not need to play hierarchies to get a project that's better or something like that. Um, was challenging is challenging, but, um, through that, I think it was a lot of self discovery of like, what were the things throughout my whole career that I think, um, I felt like I was good at that. People said I was good at that was providing value. Um, and I thought was valuable and, um, those things were like communication. Those things were helping people kind of to kind of me acting as a change agent for other people. You know, they're here, their business is here and they want to get there. And like I can deliver, you know, maybe a logo or a strategy or copywriting or something um, in that space to get them to a new place. I was like, well, I definitely love that. Um, and the how is sort of just one piece of it. The form is just one piece of the puzzle um but the function it serves like the purpose it serves in the world and the value it serves um you know that's kind of universal um and the form can kind of inherit that function uh it can whether a logo needs to serve a certain purpose or a maybe you don't need a logo at all maybe you just need a good like tagline or an app or it could be anything you know the form to me, I used to be so married to that form. I'm a graphic designer. I can only do graphics. And then over time, I was like, 
I want to learn as many forms as I can. You know, I'm currently designing a hoodie from scratch and like, I didn't know how to do that a few months ago, but now it's like when I've kind of removed my identity and attachment to like form creation and instead was like, well, what is the change I'm trying to make? Um, attach it more to that. Like kind of my ego got removed from it. Uh, my identity got removed from it. And then I could just decide, I want to learn how to do this form. And I wasn't like scared to enter into it. There was an imposter syndrome or anything. So from doing that, um, I felt like, and from also teaching design to students and talking to young people, I was like, there's a lot to share, you know, and there's a lot that I can put out into this world that might help someone um, go through their day a little bit uh, calmer or with more confidence or certainty. Um, and I said, well, it would be a shame not to communicate it. And so when I get these sparks of inspiration, just to reference my Instagram or what you referenced, um, I'll, I'll share that into the world. And, you know, the first few times it was just like, that's how I was feeling. And then it was like the most liked of my Instagram stories. And so I was like, let me share it to the feed. Um, so people see it and they can share it if they want just to kind of spread good ideas around. Um, yeah. Hope that caught you up. That was a lot, but I feel like I hope that caught you up. That's a lot for sure. Teaching, starting businesses, finding paths, form and function, form and function, Instagram, um, <laughs> form, function and Instagram. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to, cause you're talking about being in support of others. It's a lot of yeah. what you do yeah. is like, yeah, somebody has a problem with their business not a problem. I don't know. They're, yeah, like you said, they're trying to take it from point A to point B, and you're the you're the you're the assist. Yeah. And you're supporting this vision. You're helping them flesh out the vision. You're helping them figure out their goals. And mm -hmm. really, let's dig into what you actually want to accomplish here. I know you're saying mm -hmm. this, but let's dig into that. Like I'm sure you're having all sorts of conversations like that, right? Absolutely. So I'm just. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Okay, that's great. I like that. <laughs> I'm thinking about like myself of course in film mm. like being a i work a lot as a script supervisor or like a, a in a support role helping other directors get their visions on screen and on you know when you're at the monitor and you have the actors all lined up mm. they need help with getting that as smooth as possible with the time they have so it is fun being a part of just a support role as this person has to go from a to b and let's uh, let's use utilize my skill set and help get them there. It feels good, but it also feels good to be the one in the chair with the ideas too. So I'm curious yeah. as to where you fit with that. Like, how great question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's I think it feels good, and I I want to say like in many ways it feels essential to me. I don't know if it is essential. I don't want to say it is essential to like the world, but it definitely feels essential to me to be generating ideas and um, internally to external ideas um, and and turning them into something tangible and real and um, you know projects of my own. And I have many. Um, I've recently kind of better understood my relationship to them. A lot of people call them like side hustles or side projects or whatever. 
and I don't like the word side. It just felt like very diminishing to like anything that you're generating. It feels like what you would tell a child not to do, but you're just telling that to your adult self. So I just wanted to like remove that word because it just wasn't necessary and it felt kind of diminishing for no reason. Um, and I've been calling them experiments as of the past like three weeks. And um, I like it because it allows me to try things to not put this pressure, like the hustle word, like puts this pressure on turning it into a business. Sometimes I don't want to, sometimes I do. Sometimes they become businesses even though I don't want them to, you know, or like not be, even though I don't want them to, or they become businesses because people want it, you know, uh, they want to purchase it or own it or something. But I like the experiment angle because as a, you know, creative experimenter, you know, you can, it, it kind of reduces that pressure of needing it to be something and, and just saying like, well, what if, you know, and, and just letting your imagination determine what you generate um and that's honestly it's a, it's a very privileged position i can't say that it's not to be able to like have the time and space and mental energy and clarity to be able to do that like it requires a certain amount of headroom to have um so i probably have more time than the average person and I'll, I'll experiment with different things and generate different projects. So I, I want to say that only because like sometimes people will hear any, or I'll hear an interview and it's like, well, what's your position in the world? Like, do you have a, an infinite free time and you're giving this advice or like, you know, so I don't have infinite free time, but I, I've made a schedule where I'm able to work only three days a week or only need to work three days a week to then pay for the rest of the week. Um, and that was designed me to allow for these things to happen so i have like an apparel experiment called merch um m-e-r-c-h-h-h -H -H, like um because there was none with one h um but i like the name so you know I, that's an experiment and like how can i basically put ideas and art on a canvas that is worn whether it's shirts or hats um and you know just see if people like it see where it goes um and that's, that's a relatively new experiment. Um, I have a musical project called Punk, which is a pop punk band that I started. And, I, and the idea was, how can I make a the ideal record for my 15-year-old self? So the kid that made that logo, like how can I make that the record that that kid wanted to hear but couldn't make at the time? Um, you know, and I'm working on a book on creativity, which kind of isn't an experiment as much as like a meditation um, on the concepts that I've either taught or learned or been told or observed. Um, and it's just kind of giving me like a space to write and think about things and ultimately lead to a form that could be shared among people. Um, and all of those, like, sure, you could turn any of those into a business. You can market any of those. You could say one of those is your side hustle or one of those is your main thing or whatever. Um, but I'm okay doing what I do um, in my career as a strategist. I actually really like it. So it's like, it's kind of cool having these things where it's like, yeah, they don't need to go anywhere. You know, 15, 20 people buy the book or read the thing or a uh, hundred people or 200 people, like, that's cool. That's great. You can fill a room with a hundred people, you know? Um, 
but it allows that like younger than 15 year old self to kind of uh in re-enter my life and just like have access to the tools i have access to and be like run free and, and do make something cool um yeah yeah and how how pointful was getting yourself to that three-day week like i'm assuming that you've been experimenting with experiments yeah. uh since probably forever i've got to assume that there's always something going on i know for myself that if i'm if i'm only supporting creatively on other stuff there there is this voice in the back of my head that's like i need i need to do something for myself with some sort of creative outlet yeah um so how yeah did you i'm assuming that you purposefully went and found made the time so that way you could do these these things and i like i like how you reworded the site i'm i'm guilty of the side the side thing right. too i know when i first i think it was when i first moved here i was like yeah i make my money by a script supervising and on the side i make my yeah. you know i make my passion projects and stuff and work my way up as a director i think these days i call i i don't know i describe it as like pillars i'm like i'm building up these two pillars so they're yeah. more so, so i look at them more equal myself it's like mm-hmm. i'm building up the script supervisor pillar and getting experience there and then director pillar is also being built simultaneously um so yeah i think it is helpful to get out of that side mentality i love that the language it matters so much um i'm like two chapters into this book um i'm not exactly sure what it'll be called i think it might be called exploring creativity that's the name of the podcast slash research project that led to the insights that led to the book but regardless um one the second chapter is about words and and language and how it affects the creative process and i think language affects a lot of things and to your point it's like calling it a pillar calling it an experiment versus calling it um a side hustle it does a lot in shifting what how you interact with that thing um and how much respect you have for that thing and how much respect you're asking of others to have in that thing you know it's a pillar you don't really want to knock someone's pillar down but someone's side project you're like yeah dude but like can you go out to drink or whatever you know what i mean it's like it's not as important um and so yeah i definitely when i can i'm definitely not perfect at this by any means but like recognizing where the language is i was literally just having a conversation with my friend jake um about this i was like what's on your mind and he's like i've been really trying to notice where i'm saying like negative terms even like subconsciously that could have been phrased positively like no problem like problems a negative word it's like why not say that's great i'm excited to do that or something um and him and i've had conversations like this for a while but i i think it's really important to recognize where your language is like kind of coloring your experience uh as a creative person so that was a brief aside but yeah okay great does that resonate the 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 words we use yeah yeah um yeah it does i i don't think i have any specific examples of uh how it speaks to me but i think speaking on the pillars i know i'm visually thinking about building a foundation and pillars are like foundational pieces that you build upon so that's why i think about that word yeah. but as far as the the negatives i th- 
there I feel like yeah there's something to that yeah I'm very I've never I've never thought about that but yeah think about it. it think about I'll it think about it <laughs> you think about it uh, pointing at the camera um so curious about you mentioned like you're working on a book per se mm. and you're funneling all of you know, like you said it's almost like a pseudo meditation mm. like it's like all right what have i learned how do i process things what's what is creativity how do i i don't know i don't know what goes into writing a book on creativity but i am curious as to where you find your own inspirations on creative stuff like we're like a a lot of professions like this is kind of upon yourself to do but like the constant study and the constant going back to school and re re what what it like not the um, like the kind of exercise where throw away everything you know and start mm. from scratch and i don't yeah. like how did you what kind of work did you do to develop your creative um brain and what how do you how do you keep that growing on your side well i i think in terms of like what inspires me it changes depending on the project um but i think ultimately it always goes back to your default reference points and then anything you add on to that so like if i'm to make a musical project there's like a subset of musical genres and only a small you know if you look at all the songs that exist there's only a small section of songs that i've ever heard or know about like if we're talking everything every song i might possibly know or have heard even if it was in passing in a restaurant that i walked by there's only a few songs really when you zoom out that i actually have heard so when you think about like what's inspiring your music um if you look musically it's like well this subset and then inside of that subset probably a smaller subset um and i think that then leads to the question of like well how do you expand your creativity or like how do you expand your reference points and it's like well that's pretty easy now that we're in the information age like you can do that immediately you can go on spotify and search for like anything and get anything um you could browse a favorite artist and click anywhere and hear a new artist and so that's like the access to it is easy but the the part of it that i think um is maybe unique to my process or not unique in general but definitely something i've been doing is really like being active about seeing or hearing or experiencing whatever it is that i want to become a reference point so like <clears throat> for example um we were doing the photo shoot for the latest collection for merch and um I had some ideas of what I wanted it to be about. The campaign is called, or the collection is called Seven Days a Week. There was a shirt and hat combination f for every day of the week. Um, and so I knew that like, I wanted there to be some like weekly narrative. I knew kind of where I wanted it to be. And then like right away, it's like, okay, well like what, the word week and seven days a week, like what are the symbols and ideas and signs that go into the word week? There's so much, there's like, right off the bat you could think of some and then when you do some more research you could think of even more uh, and then when you think a little abstractly you could start bending what works for a week 
Um, so there's like inherent like references and inspiration just in the language we use, the ideas, the symbols that we have around us all the time. And then there's things that we've seen before, you know, like maybe another brand campaign that I've seen in the past or another business that did something about weeks or whatever. Um, and I mean, I even was inspired by Apple's calendar app icon for that campaign specifically, but you know, so there's like your built-in reference points that you grew up, maybe listening to, seeing whatever. Um, there's new ones and there's like just sort of neither of those things, sort of just like the signs and symbols in our culture. Um, and I think the trick is really like knowing that you can tap into those things, all of them, and really just open up like a portal for them to come back to you. I think they're like all in your subconscious somewhere and maybe your brain needs a little reminder um, to see them or to experience them or a prompt to kind of get them going again. But for me, it's like I, I really try to be in a place where when I'm doing that thing, I can open myself up to those coming through, right? So when I was working on the punk, uh, the first single that I did, um, I, I knew where I wanted to pull from. Like I knew it was for the 15 year old self and I knew that it was pop punk. And I like, I just started listening to these records all over again on repeat for like days. Yeah. Nostalgia. Kicks. Yeah. But really bringing it out. And I was like, what is it though? Like, what was it? And it, like, I really dug into like, and this is the other part that I was saying was kind of unique to me. It's just digging a step further than I liked Blink-182, I liked MXPX or whatever, and being like, well, what exactly? Like, what were the exact things that I liked? Because I didn't just like MXPX completely. There's songs I don't like. Um, there's parts I don't like, you know, but there's parts that I really like, and there's lyrics that I really like. And so, like, why did I really like those, you know? And when you listen and you just let yourself feel it, it immediately and then you're like wait i just had like a peak feeling like what was that about oh right that lyric was really snarky or smart or i like how it was kind of sad but still fast like that nuanced description of the reference point to me is where you start borrowing in a way that isn't stealing from mxpx but it's actually kind of thanking them for for making that exist yeah. you know yeah Okay. Yes. I, cause I think, yeah, I, I, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. Okay. I don't do it. I don't do, I don't do it from a creative standpoint. Mm. I know when I guess just to like, I'm, I, you know, I write scripts and I make shorts and try to get some movies made and stuff. And I'm thinking about like, all right, you spend all this time, on the one idea it's like all right cool i the goal is to make a movie and then you get stuck in that one thing and then by the time that you get to the end process of like all right the movie's done let's figure out how what are the processes that complete mm -hmm. the movie and you have to learn all that stuff how do i coordinate this then you the movies you have to like figure out marketing and poster design and and distribution and all that kind of stuff and then by the time you get to that like right now i know i'm finishing up on movie number two stuff and I'm thinking about like, oh, I feel like I haven't gone back to the well of creativity for a while. And like, what? Like, I feel like all my references are so old. Like, I haven't yeah. watched, I haven't watched movies for the sake of like study for a bit. And mm. so I went and did an exercise of like, 
the basics of all right what, what movies do i like and what yeah. directors do i like and i have to do that deep dive it's on my list to do it's on my to-do list okay hold them to it hold me to it um of doing that kind of work where it's like let me want let me watch this movie that i love yeah why does this scene work for me and why what moment really got me and why did it hit me and what shot was that and what did the actor do and mm-hmm. was it a push in and what was the sound design what did the score do like all that kind of stuff because that is so much work. That's a lot of work. And that yeah. it's, it's overwhelming very quickly, too, especially when you talk about the information age on how there's so much to absorb. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like... It scares me. It's, no, it's a lot. It is. I think that, like, there's also, at the end of the day, and why I reference, like, 15-year-old me and 10-year-old me, is, like, I have this distinct memory of me as a kid in my room. I used to get Hess trucks every birthday because I don't even know if you know what they are. Hess is a gas station. I think it's on the East Coast. They might not even be national. Grew up on the East Coast. My birthday is December 4th. Christmas was pretty close by. So I would always get, and they would release Hess trucks, I think, for the holiday season. And my grandma would just always buy me these trucks. They were really cool. They were always like a different truck every year, different kind of truck or car. Sometimes the trucks had race cars in them, like helicopters. Like they were always mm. so dope. I was, I loved them. And they were like, they were refined enough to feel like more of a boy's toy for like, I'm grown up, but like they were still chunky enough to feel like a kid's toy. They were like somewhere in between. Um, and I just, that's unnecessary context, but look them up. It's pretty cool. But, um, well, I was going to say, I was thinking about the Chevron car toys. This is what I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. Is they had, they little, had them little, too. Little eyeballs, and if you push them, their eyes kind of go like sideways and stuff. Nice. Either way, that was yes. good times for well, me. So, yeah. this memory I have is me, probably, I don't know, maybe eight, ten, and I like had all the cars in my room. And I just remember like lining them all up and like or arranging them in like a circle and they were like driving around and I was just like playing pretend. Um, and it was just me playing pretend and like imagining a whole world and where the people were in the cars and they were interacting with other people and like there was rules to this world that I was building and no one was telling me I couldn't or could or what the rules could be or what they couldn't be. And I always think about that um, joy that you have when you're experiencing uh making things or absorbing things you know because i also have memories of like watching television or or films as a kid um and there was just joy there wasn't the analysis of it and i think that part is so important like to remember that like these things that we're doing are actually meant to evoke a feeling Nowadays, it seems like everything is a drama, no matter what genre it is. But like, <laughs> there's like genre hyphen comedy. I mean, drama hyphen comedy, or like drama hyphen drama. But um, mm-hmm. interesting. It, it seems we're in a more dramatic period of time than than we've been, rightfully so. But uh, it is reflected. But I think it's just important to remember that like, it, it the work we're doing is meant to elicit some emotion. Um, and joy is an early one and it's, you know, kind of written off as like a childlike emotion. Um, but I think it's important to try to imbue that in the work we're doing. And when that process, rather than feel that overwhelm is like, I, I made a Pinterest board of like probably 600 
uh, images from my childhood. So they were like toys that I had, um, candy that I had, or happy meals that had come out, video games that had come out, anything, ads, like consumer product things. I just like made all these images that I could think of or pin them. And once you start pinning, it kind of folds on itself and there's just more pins that you could pin and it knows the algorithm knows what, what you're looking for. So it was such a joyful experience to just, I wasn't analyzing them. I was just doing it to like feel that feeling of, of sort of that pure un like inhibited um, childlike energy. Cause I think that's so important to tap into because it's easy to lose and it's easy to just look at the scenes and the pacing and, and all this, the details. Um, I think there is a degree of zooming in and zooming out that we need to have. And I also think that sometimes in the process, you don't need to be zoomed in or zoomed out. Like it, it might not make sense to be, it might not make sense in this period of time to be the most creative you've ever been. It might make sense to be the most practical you've ever been, the most business savvy you've ever been, you know, in that phase knowing that like life is pretty repetitive and you'll likely be in a creative place again. And then it's like, okay, well, how can I be better when I get there? And maybe that's just a question for when you get there, you know, um, because there's so much in this moment where it's like, all right, I got to release this film and do these things. Like, yeah, focus on killing it at that. And then when you get to the creative part again, it's like, how could I just be like the most generative and fun and, and whatnot? So I don't know. I think like, part of this process is a process of like forgiving ourselves for or, or I'm permitting ourselves to be where we are when we are in these processes because we are in creative fields but they're not always just about generating um and so I think like it used to really wear me out and kind of bring me down of like oh man like why am I not just playing all the time but when the stakes are higher, when it's affecting more people, when more people are involved, like there is an, there is going to be that other phase of just like converging on a thing you made that might've been rooted in a ton of creativity. And now it's not, you know, I was talking to uh, the metaphor of like this beautiful piece of art needs to get shipped across the country. Like, I don't want anyone being fucking creative with that. Uh, I want them to like know how to box up a sculpture I made, <laughs> you know, um, a fragile sculpture i want them to be very like clear about that and um getting that overseas and flying or whatever you know uh and and the journey that takes to be unloaded in another country like i want that to be precise and very like um certain whereas the generation of maybe that sculpture could have been chaotic and wild and free and childlike you know so i think there's parts of it and i think the recognition of the phase you're in and the acknowledgement that it's okay to be in that phase and just trying to be the best version needed for that phase is where I, I find some degree of peace in the process. It's not, I'm not like happy with it. I'd rather just be like noodling around all the time, but <laughs> we don't always have that. Yeah. Good points. Good points. <laughs> I'm looking out for you. Uh, great. Yeah, no, one step at a time kind of stuff, you know, don't, uh, you could, you could hurt the present by thinking too many steps ahead is how oh, yeah. I'm kind of interpreting that a little bit. Absolutely. I am going to highlight some specific posts 
mm. and get some more context on what inspired it, if mm. I may. Let's see. All right, let's. This is, all right. There's two thousand and one. This one seems <laughs> nice. This one seems nice, and I feel like it's um, a message, some messaging that I feel like doesn't get um, spread enough. So I'm happy to hear what you, what your extended thoughts are on this. It is uh, learn to love other creative people. Don't compare. Don't rank. And uh, maybe try supporting, and so that was that was a specific, uh, yeah. So curious on the deeper context of how you feel about that, or maybe what it looks like when that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably know. Well, unfortunately, we probably know more about what it looks like when we're not doing that than when we are. Um, and it was kind of a message to me, to me and to my students and to some people around me at that time of like, and I, I forget exactly what finally sparked that post, but, um, I was getting so much joy, um, being around creative people in New York that were making poetry or comedy or songs that I thought were really good. Um, and I remember like my younger self, you know, watching bands play, they were playing pop punk music that were from the nearby neighborhood around my age, like being like, mm, they have like a better song than we do. Like they look cooler than we do and their pants are tighter or whatever, you know, like I was like, we're not as cool. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. and, I, it never, like, I never benefited from that. I was just, like, resentfully watching a show, and I wasn't learning anything. Uh, I didn't know what brand pants they were wearing. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't growing at all, you know? And it's funny, because I met up with um, a, a friend of mine who's become a friend, but at the time, we were younger. We were, like, neck and neck in terms of, like, competitive about our bands and our songs so like we both knew it but we were like frenemies kind of thing um and it was like wow what if we were just friends the whole time you know what i mean like what if we went on tour together what if we raised each other up and you know shared resources and shared guitars on stage and played every show to, like it could have been different i don't know what it could have been it doesn't matter but it's like I, can, I do have the opportunity to do that as much as I can now. Um, and when it works, it's beautiful. When you get off stage and you get feedback from, you know, people you admire about work you did that's specific and not just like good show, man, or cool movie, but like really, like, you know, directors you respect or creatives you respect being like, man, that scene, like at six minutes in, you know, the way, like, the music, like, changed, like, right at that perfect time and the, the light. And, like, you know that they see you and they fully get it. And you're like, yeah, like, that is what I'm good at. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, you are great. At, you know, like, I think that's important because what I was talking about earlier is all the stuff we say to ourselves that are, like, really um, diminishing and, and, like, it kind of makes us not embrace that childlike self, that creative, infinite creative self. Um 
we stifle that often and the culture and our environment and uh, economies stifle that by the nature of how things are so how do we you know help um help lift ourselves up well community plays a big role and if you're in a creative community uh or even a community of one other person you know like you can still help each other uh, elevate um your practices by respecting each other and really like seeing the good in good things um it makes you your antennae uh, absorb more anyway you know like rather than me being that kid in the crowd like oh like that band sucks and like they didn't but i wanted them to like i could have learned so much more if i wasn't that way so just learning from that you know just not doing that instead being like every time i'm like my buddy jc one of my best friends in the world runs an open mic every monday and going there and seeing everyone perform every week and just tailoring their poem or their bits or their songs um and really giving active constructive feedback especially when they do great i love giving feedback when people do great because it's like you did great exactly in this area you know um it's just like i'm looking out for you i want you to look out for me let's let's grow let's get better um and i think it's just a beautiful thing you know um yeah That's great. That's great. I feel like we should hug here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about, um, yeah, the 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 positive, what you called it, con- you called it constructive criticism. No, how did you how did you just phrase it with like when you have a positive thing to say yeah. about somebody's work, they just came off off the stage or off the off the mic, and. Uh, yeah, I I feel like yeah we we could use more of that that was because that the sounds specific to that community too was that something that was pushed for in that environment like everybody was more open to that or was it kind of I do I I can't say like this is all from me um, because I think you know there was a period of time where I was uh, I'm a songwriter and I have been my whole life essentially but there's a period of time where I just stopped doing it. I was like, this isn't important. Like I'm not pursuing it. Like why am I even doing it? And I just put it down completely and was like pretty much like just about like, I don't even need guitars in the house anymore type. Like I just don't need this side project, you know? And I saw an ad for an open or not an ad. It was a post on the explore tab of Instagram for a local open mic that just so happened to be like two blocks away from where I was living at the time. And I'd never been to an open mic. My experience with those was, um, when I was way younger and it would just be really bad bands, especially my own playing these things. And we'd get like a two minute set at like 1130 and no one would be there or care. And then we would get off and that was that. So I didn't have like positive associations with open mics. Um, but I went to this one, and I just watched everyone expressing themselves so deeply and was like, wow, like this is pretty wild. And and I played a song that I had written for a friend that had passed away years ago and it meant a lot to me. Um, and then I looked out in the crowd and there was a bunch of people crying 
and I was like, I felt so seen. Obviously, I didn't. I mean, arguably, I, didn't, I don't want it to make anyone cry, but that song, if effective, would make someone cry, right? And so, I felt very seen in that moment. There was like a joy to being seen. Obviously, it's kind of weird to feel happy when people are crying around you. I sound like an insane person, but it, there was a joy in being seen that the song was seen in the way that I had felt when I wrote it. And I was like, wow, this, there's something different here in this community of people. Um, and it just so happens that JC was in the crowd that night. And this was like, I don't know, uh, six years ago or so. Um, and I didn't know that. And then I got off stage and then this guy went on, read a poem. I was like, this guy's voice is dope. His poem's dope. I'm like, I gotta talk to him after and just tell him like, I love the way like you delivered it, the way you sound um the lyric or the line right here like i thought that was so dope i was like it's funny it was dark it was all you know and he's like dude like i was gonna come up to you after like i was crying when you were playing that song and i was like this was exactly what i needed you know and i didn't stop playing music after that and i didn't and, and if anything i think that sparked my creative experimentation phase of my life because i was like that kid doesn't need to go away he can ex coexist with me, the adult who's in meetings with CEOs about strategies. He could still exist side by side um, and be seen and, and affect people. So um, I forgot where I was going with this, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm also thinking about, because I'm thinking about the, yeah, the similar vibe of open mics that i've seen too like i know i've gone to like stand-up comedy nights just on a whim as a as a audience member and i'll stumble into a place mm. and notice that like the only people there are other stand-up comics and they're all kind of just doing the rounds of shopping their material to each other and they're not even really being there's not that supportive community nature there it's just kind of right. like like the they're not really laughing or if the laughs are happening it's kind of just like taking notes or oh, judging yeah, yeah taking yeah. notes or if the la or fake laughing to give like the mm. the 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 idea that they're i don't know it's like yeah. i feel like i should be laughing to give the like no, you're doing Keep great moving. Yeah, you're yeah. doing good <laughs> right but it's not real so the authenticity is helpful um no it sounds lovely though so yeah you okay so you you do poetry too, right? You write poetry or you you work on the songwriting and the poetry is yeah, similar. I uh, mean, it was like lyrics and then like lyrics and poems. You know, when I graduated high school, I, I uh, initially studied audio production. But then after that, I studied English. This was me before I went into graphic design because my parents, for some reason, didn't want me to study design. I don't know. I'll never know. But initially the safe route was audio production and then English. Um, and when I studied English, like w we read a ton of poetry. Um, and so it was during that time that I realized like what was happening and how you could write great poems and, and what you could really embed there. But, um, I'd been writing it. I mean, all throughout high school, there'd be times where I'm like, these aren't lyrics. I want to go a little deeper here. I don't want to rhyme. I just want to kind of, get an idea out there that's a little musical in its cadence, but um, isn't a song lyric. That's until I read Fall Out Boy lyrics, and then I realized that you could just really 
make a pop punk song with just a full on poem that doesn't even need to rhyme and you can make it work. So that was pretty rad finding them as a kid. But, um, yeah, I was writing lyrics and poems, um, for a while. Great. Great. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I didn't really have anyone. (laughs) Next. (laughs) What I want to hear about just to, segue out because i'm trying to think about we're doing great on time too by the way Some efficiency fe- efficient <laughs> i was curious about you reference in a post kind of going through a, a workbook on mindfulness and self-compassion mm-hmm and you reference I, I don't I think this was kind of maybe I don't know if how often if you still teach or if that was like a specific phase um but I think it was during that that time you mentioned finding other levels to this life and real, realizations on the love you have to give so I think this was maybe I didn't screenshot the actual post so I don't have the date for it but I feel like it was maybe like a little kind of Come either early pandemic days, maybe year after summer twenty twenty one, maybe. Yeah. But um, curious about self compassion and workbooks and yeah things you learned about yourself that kind of the before and afters of how you saw love and what you had to give. Yeah. Um, my friend Danny Klein, when I was doing the podcast exploring creativity, I interviewed him. And I saw this radical change in him. I've known him for a while and just saw him being more at peace with himself, more open to the world and not the at peace with yourself where like you just like, I don't need anyone type at peace with yourself. Like there's a lot of people that I'm at peace with myself. Everyone annoys me, (laughs) you know, and there's like, or I'm so great that no one could really match that. And I didn't see that in him. Um, and he's quite a successful uh, producer and songwriter. And so it was really nice to see that and refreshing. And I talked to him about it and he referenced the mindful self-compassion workbook. Um, there's a book and then there's a workbook. And I kind of just designed a weekend retreat for myself where I was like, I'm going to leave New York City. I'm going to go upstate. I'm going to kind of like book uh, Airbnb in the middle of nowhere you know, in the mountains with no service. Um, and there, as I was doing it, I realized there was like this like spa with like saunas and whatever. And I'd love a sauna. So I was like, great, I'm going to do this. This is my routine. I'm going to do the workbook time alone, sauna every day and come back. And that's like, that'll be the weekend, four days. Um, and so I, I tapped into the workbook there. It was quiet. There was like no noise of the city, no roommates, none of that. Um, and it really like, it opened my mind to how much we're not realizing is happening with us in any moment. Um, how we're behaving or acting or thinking in any moment about ourselves or like the environment or how we feel like I realize how, you know, um, stressed I might be in any moment and like got so good at not seeing that that um 
I just thought it was like a part of me. Like, you know, it's just like another thing in your bag and you're like, eventually just keep throwing things in your bag. And it's like, Oh, it's just that my back's always this like tense yeah, or whatever. It becomes normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, yeah. So it's sort of like it allowed, it was a lot of, it's a great book. It's, I definitely recommend it. And there's exercises about just, you know, staring at a rock for, you know, an hour, you know, <laughs> like uh, journaling about certain prompts. And it's been a while since I, I read it, so I can't reference it exactly. I wish I could. But that made me slow down a little bit and realize that there was so much to care for in for myself. Um, it's easy to care externally. Um it's easy to make it seem like you care externally. Um, and it's easy to even care externally, sometimes more than you do for yourself. Um, and I think I was doing that a lot. Uh, and I just wasn't aware of like, because I didn't want to be aware of like the weight of the metaphorical backpack, you know? And so I think like, uh, identifying that and being like, okay, like, where's the pain here? Um, how do I, how do I treat myself compassionately? Um, not where I need like a high self-esteem to tell myself I'm great, but instead to tell myself that it's okay that you're not the, at the place you want to be or not great, um, by some standard that you want to be or not something that you something, you know, like, um, and you can kind of, uh, care for yourself and, um, yeah, nurture yourself. And it just was great because it coincided with that weekend um, where it was like just all nurture um, from like a air quality point of view to like a sunlight point of view to a relaxed point of view um, and even to just like a just noise level point of view. You know, it was, it was a nurturing environment and I was allowing myself to be nurtured because you could be in a great environment and it doesn't matter if, if you can't do that. So it, it just happened to coincide. And so I, I realized, you know, the comment about levels of love, it's like, oh, wait. I thought in the past that I was loving people or myself. And yet I just like realized a whole nother level of it. And I could have gone a whole life and never read this book and maybe never even realized that. And like, maybe I'm just like rank two of like a thousand, you know? <laughs> so, um, I think there's a lot of levels to it. And, um, you know, obviously I hope to, uh, uh, experience more of them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very enlightening to like realize that, Oh, you know, maybe how you're doing it isn't the way that you'll always do it. Um, and it isn't the only way. Um, yeah. So that book was great. Strong yeah. 10 out of 10. No, it's interesting to hear about, um, like you said, it's easy to love externally or like easy to show mm -hmm. that aspect, but the internal work is harder to, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that to me that comes down to, um, it sounds like when another person is involved, the action, like getting the, them seeing that you're doing the thing fulfills that, like checks that box. It's like, oh, I cared for them. I did this thing for them. That was like that that accomplishes it a lot easier than like the accountability is right there in front of you it happened they reacted to it and it's like mm -hmm. cool but when it's yourself you have to like 
nobody else is able to check that box except for you. Yeah, that feedback loop is missing. Yeah, yeah, you're like, if I don't do it, nobody else is going to know. And like you said, you can hide it behind, bury it deep. Right. But uh, it only hurts you, right? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you hear it all the time. People are like, oh, he seems so happy. And they're talking about someone that like committed suicide. And you're like, what? You know, like, but that's, I mean, that's how well we can hide pain, you know? And it, and I think it's just a function of not being able to, that feedback loop is lost. Like if I do something nice for you or you're sick and I'm like, oh man, like, dude, just, you should stay home. And you like, I'll bring you this over. You don't even need to go out. Let, we'll, we'll cancel the event. We'll reschedule it. Whatever. You know, like I would do that faster than I might do that for myself. I'd be like, yeah. I'll come by, like, I'll do the event, no problem. And I'm like limping, you know, coughing yeah, or something, push through, yeah. you know? And I mean, it just happened. My buddy was like, Hey, uh, you still down to host the open mic when you come home, I come home the same day at 4am and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I could probably, I could probably do that. It's like, I'm like typing the message back. And like, this is also an example of good friends where like, I was like, yeah, like I really want to. And, you know, I am getting back at like four in the morning. And he's like, dude, like you don't have to do this. Like we could do this literally any other time. Like it doesn't matter. I just wanted to make sure like if you're, if you want to do it, you can do it. Um, and he was working off old information that he had, which was, he thought I was getting back the day before. Cause I was, and then I rescheduled my flight, whatever. Right. But like, there's a version of me that would have just been like, yeah, I'll do it. That's it. And I would have done it regardless of just regardless of where I was at come Monday at 4 a.m., you know? And I was like, wait, I'm landing after traveling for a long time, two weeks, and then flying for this amount of time, landing, working the whole day, and then I'm going to go host an open mic for four hours. Like, it doesn't make sense to you right now, right? But to me, today, hours ago, I was like, yeah, I could probably make that work. You know, and, and so that's what I think the book really hit home was like, would you say that I should do that? If I asked you like, Hey, like, do you think that's a smart idea? Like, do you think that would be good for me? Like, would I feel better after I did that? You'd probably be like, nah, man, why don't you just reschedule? Like it wouldn't even be a question. Uh, whereas for me, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Like forget, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, and And you're considering doing it because because you want to do it right like you want to do it and it's That's your friend everything. and you yeah yeah i don't want to let people down i want to be liked i want to do it you'll sacrifice the sleep and the recovery and yeah and, and potentially being sick in a week you know because yeah. of that so it's just like meanwhile no one that cares about me would say i should do it yeah. And everyone would be Take fine. Take the day off. Yeah, Take yeah. Take the day off. You're good. Right, right. You're, You're fine. Good. Yeah, don't worry about it. So I think that was a big piece. Um, I'm not doing it, for the record. Um, Great. And, you uh, rescheduled. Yeah. And, but I think, you know, that book is a great example of, or that post is an example of kind of the beginning of that seed of learning that idea and really being able to, like, speak to myself kinder and recognize what is that what does this person need um that is me you know like what does the person that's me need what would i say to me what would i do what wouldn't i do you know and that's i mean that's a big that's a for me a big 
lifelong yeah. journey. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like two. I don't know how people. It's like how would I tell me like you, they almost have to imagine somebody else, right? You have to get outside yourself, and you're they, you still know it's you. Yeah. So you're like, I should still do it. But if you change it to, yeah, the whole. Yeah, what would I say to you if you yeah. tell me all of the same things? Yeah. And it's funny because like we have the most information about ourselves than anyone, you know, like, cause I could be like, yeah, I'll be fine. Just curious what you think. Like, I'm totally fine. I'm flying in, got a little bit of work and then I'm going to go to the, I, I can twist the truth to someone else. And still they might think that's a terrible idea. But to you, you have so much information. Um, that if you could tap into it, it's like, you know what to do. I mean, your gut knows what, like just instinct knows what to do. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, kind of seeing yourself as that, as the, as a, like a baby that you're holding in your arms and being like, ah, oh, like they're tired. Like they should just go to sleep, you know? Um, which has been me. I, I've napped like four times on this trip. Cause I'm like, it's like 10 PM, 11 PM. But like my friends out here want to go out and I want to go out with them. But I was like, but I need to rest. So it's like yeah. right, time to nap. Because you're talking about the time, the time difference. Is that yeah. affecting? And, oh, yeah. And you're, I don't know how long you've been here, but yeah. It's about a, oh, a little bit over a week. Okay, nice. So it's still like confusing. And I have like business obligations on the East Coast that I'm like, you know, so I'm in two time zones a little bit. Sounds like a good time. It's a great time. Nice. This leads into uh, knowing thyself. Mm-hmm. You called this in your post uh, our most important project. Mm. And you also state that that involves uh, creating a more meaningful surrounding for yourself. Mm. So it feels like there's a lot there. Like we're talking about the compassion and the mindfulness. I feel like that plays right into getting that gauge on who you are. And then I'm curious on how you see that pairing with the surroundings aspect on, on what that looks like. Yeah. So I think it's actually a great integration of the two things I've been talking about. It was like the child self and the self-compassion with your current self, you know, embracing that child self and knowing where you're at currently. Um, you know, the self is obviously a debated concept in philosophy and like what that actually means um, is definitely open for debate. Um, so I can't speak to all beliefs in this, in these statements, but I can say that having an understanding of the being, what they need biologically, what they need um, uh, socially, what they need, or in what they're compelled to do, you know, stepping outside yourself, just seeing you operating like the consciousness. I mean, there's so much to this that I can't even get into it. There's plenty of people that have talked about it. Um, knowing, being aware of, like knowing is a very interesting word, but being aware of um, being tapped into the, the, the kind of drives, the motivations, the things it's attracted to doing, um, to be, being around to knowing to wanting to experience like and creating an environment both physically and mentally where it can do that um is important um and it is a difficult project because 
there's a lot of competing agendas for sometimes people around you that aren't looking out for your best interest. Um, old narratives from past people that weren't looking out for your best interest um, or didn't know your best interest or didn't know the person you were becoming. Um, ideas of what success looks like. Uh, ideas of what good means. Um, you know, just a multitude of things that could get in the way. And I think the project of the self is really a project of determining the philosophies that guide your stages forward, your steps forward. Um, so it's continual. I think the interesting thing about knowing the self is that it's always changing. And once you know it, it's now changed already from the one it was before. And then it's like, well, it doesn't end there either. So that is just like another mountaintop that you're going to be able to see other mountains and maybe it's like a taller mountain and then you're able to see all the ones in front and then more and more. Um, so it's kind of an elusive concept, but I think like the most important project because me showing up today, focused, excited, um, and ready to give all I can to, to you, to the audience, like Ooh. genuinely like that is part of the result of the project of knowing myself and what makes me excited and um, where I feel like I can provide value and, and what I'm interested in being okay to share those things. Like all of that is from tapping into the younger self and doing the work to be compassionate about myself and even deciding to take a two week trip where I could have potentially sacrificed the job I have, you know, for doing so, like knowing that that was important for me and essential for me uh, to see family and friends and have time away from a city that is noisy in every way, um, you know, then I could end up here, you know. So um, I think it's a continual project. Uh, and I think it's important to share that it's a continual project because we often think that like once we get this, once we act a certain way, once we stop feeling anxiety, then we're perfect. But I don't think that's the case. I've yet to see anyone that's perfect. You know, it, you, you just find a new thing to improve and not in a way that's like, you know, anxiety inducing where it's like, oh, I did this, now that. Like, but it's just like you're, you're gradually just improving, which is, is beautiful. You know, it's like um, uh, just kind of an additive sculpture that is your life. Yeah, do you... Or maybe what does somebody look like that is near knowing thyself? Do you have a, or I imagine it's probably different for every person, but um, how do you see? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to. That's a great one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to Who's imagine. the most perfect person you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, not even, not even yeah. being perfect. It's just no. the, yeah, like if you knew reaching that peak what does that version of yourself look like is it like a nice calm very like yeah very certain of who like being certain of who you are gives a sort of i don't know if the word is confidence but like you meant you described that one guy that just felt yeah. very like yeah just grounded and just like is that is that kind of the yeah and i i think there's components of a lot of different people for different 
parts of life because life is not like one thing there's so many components like people that are great with their family people that are great with their friends and themselves and their communities and their work um and their employees and and how they think about what they do like i think there's levels to this whole thing you know and there's different things happening um and so i think you know they always say like the six people around you or seven like are they have the greatest influence on who you are and i think like the people around me um the people you know on, on my i message the little bubbles at the top that you could pin you know those people have a, a tremendous impact you're, you're my space top friends yeah yeah the yeah. top eight but now it's nine which is sick um <laughs> uh, except I, I don't have music when people message me that'd be rad um but those people affect me you know like there's people that i think have um you know know thyself as the artist self and that's really compelling to me know thyself as the the craftsperson know thyself as the employer know thyself as the father know thyself as um whatever like that's a bunch but yeah i, I think to me it's an amalgamation of that and obviously i won't be all of those things or a or hundred out of a hundred for all of those things but yeah i've yet to find and maybe i maybe i'm sure there are people closer to that but i found that like in different areas there's people that really inspire me and, and make me feel like wow they've really their project has been at least in this current phase of life their project has been kind of getting great at this piece you know and um i think it speaks to the importance of community and just having people around that are like you know um actively improving and trying to know themselves better yeah because i'm imagining that somebody who knows like, like you mentioned uh the vice self that shows up in different circumstances or settings is like the work self versus the relationship self but i was kind of imagining that the that the thyself ultimate is yeah shows up you show up the same and or at least essentially like the core of you is the same and there's just different wrinkles depending on on like what hat you're wearing right metaphorically that day yeah Um, i think the underlying self if we're able to feel a sense of calm feel a sense of safety feel a sense of assurance um in the environment we're in um then i think we can act on the the purest form of ourself but i think that and why i wrote about environment like sometimes that alters it tremendously you know there's like you know the level of openness anyone could have sometimes is is grounds for the other person being open and the environment becoming more open and other times is used for on the opposite ends for manipulation so you know environment definitely affects that and so you could always stay grounded as much as you can in in all of those environments and all those modes and i think you know and this is why the self is such an interesting concept because to some philosophers there were many selves within you know um dark versions of self light versions of self you know and which is an interesting concept to think about too you know um but yeah i think at the core i I really feel like the core is is being present you know and and being present in what's happening 
in your ideas, in the people around you, the ideas around you. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> no, it's it's a lot that's a lot it's the self is there's a lot going on there yeah i haven't figured it out yet but i'm getting that's closer every day that's great i'll let you know <laughs> let me know how that goes yeah no that's that's okay i guess i don't know i feel like to to wind us down i was going to ask a more um i don't know just looking at your instagram today you're posting about potentially leaving and taking an instagram break mm. And I was going to ask about that. What's up with that? Slash, what do you use Instagram for? How do you use it? Why do you need the break? And what do you, are you worried about anything with it being gone? Or is it all the social medias or just the? I'm not really on many platforms. I, I have Instagram as my main channel. Um, and then I guess YouTube is not really social, but I, I use that a bunch. Other than that, I'm sort of off the grid. Um, but there's something uh, Andrew Huberman, who's a great podcaster, talks about um, and just like how these things manipulate our dopamine levels and um, cadences. And, um, you know, he's recommended a protocol of sort of a dopamine reset, you know, really trying to abstain from as many ad addictive substances as you can, ideally all of them, you know, be it caffeine um, or social media or, or all of the above. And, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I think when things get hard to turn away and you lose that control of the self, like then, you know, how do you really know thyself when you're like, oh, like this thing is just pulling you constantly. Um, and it is, it pulls me in constantly to check a meme that a friend sent or to, scroll around and then send a meme to someone like it just doesn't really do much um there was a period of time where i was getting a lot of business through that i still think there's a lot of opportunity for getting business through that i also think part of that is they want me to believe that there's more of a chance of getting business through that than anywhere else and then you're hooked and then you fall into the addictive pattern again so there's a lot of incentives narratively that are in my mind that I'm like okay how can I do this in like the most professional way where I'm set up for success and I'm not really sabotaging much and the things that need to keep going are still going but I'm not giving into something that is actively attacking my dopamine generating system you know and I think that was really the incentive behind it um I got a bunch of really good answers. A friend um, said, pin the, uh, make a post, pin it to your page That's as I'm going off. Here's my contact information if you need to reach me, just as like a catch-all. Because one of the things is like, it's interesting when you think about going offline. Um, you know, you think you're missing out. There's a fear of missing out because that platform is so fast that you think you're you are kind of keeping tabs on everything everywhere all at once right but and you are and so it's like well am i disconnecting from the grid like am i no longer relevant at all and again they're in, they want you to feel that way so it's like okay everyone is doing that and that's true 
but can I develop a healthier habit? Not just like abandoning ship altogether and not socializing with anyone. I don't want to do that. So I'm like trying to figure out a good strategy holistically that like kind of addresses all the needs that I need fulfilled that I'm assuming leaving Instagram will, um, like I'll, I'll lose, you know, I won't, won't have, and it's like, okay, well to do this, you know, um, if, if someone wants to DM me or send me an important message, how do I address that? Okay, cool. Put the email, maybe put it in my bio, put a story, cover all the grounds. Is there anyone, is there any active messaging that's happening? Okay. Like, you know, if we're being in touch in direct messages about showing up tomorrow, uh, probably not a good idea, but I exchange contact information. We're good. You know, so as long as there's like sort of bases covered, um, I think that's in terms of outreach, that's good. Um, and then in terms of entertainment, you know, then you need to set up protection for that right because if you're like well i don't have any entertainment i'm just gonna go back to the thing i know you know or i don't have any or i'm I'm worried that i'm missing out on a business message i'm gonna go to the thing i know you know so um just setting up a little bit of safeguards i guess you could say is where i feel like um it'll help but the goal is a dopamine reset um to really like just build that back up, um, be a little bit more in control of, of my being cause that can't hurt. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, then I, I think what's more interesting about it is cause everyone says they want to go offline and whatever, whatever. But I think it's really interesting to think about like, well, what are the best strategies for this? You know, as a strategist, like what are the best strategies for getting offline? You know? And I think that to me is, really interesting interesting yeah okay so you're because instagram's not publishing that <laughs> here's how to get off instagram for a month yeah is that the plan for a month at least yeah okay yeah 30 for days dopamine reset yeah 30 days nice that's not bad i was thinking maybe like 90 days well once you go 30 days you'll be like oh my gosh this yeah. is so much better i'm just gonna leave it like this let's do 90 days well this or, is the thing know. like if i ideally all the bases are covered without it, and then I don't need to go back to it. You know what I mean? Right now I'm thinking I'm going to lose X, Y, and Z, and therefore I'm staying on it. And so I think, like, if I can build my business, if I can build relationships, and I can entertain myself in maybe more beneficial ways, then I don't need the platform at all. Um, if I, uh, and lastly, if I could signal that I exist <laughs> to people, <laughs> uh, which is essentially what that is, um, then like I should be pretty good. Yeah. Cause I, I was kind of half a, I, cause you're talking about, you're leaving the profile up mm-hmm. versus yeah, not, it's not like you, the semi, like the semi delete mode where it's hidden. Yeah. Deactivated. Yeah. Deactivated. Cause you don't. Because you still, it still signals the existence. Yeah. But yeah, if you're not posting a story or posting to th- the thing, your 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 profile doesn't ding up and people don't go there. Like so. I'm out here checking the number of viewers on my story, right? Why uh, am I doing that? You know, like why dopamine, does it? Yeah. Dopamine. I'm like, oh, sick. Like, oh, 
this girl I was talking to looked at it. Cool. You know, like, yeah, come 20, on. 24 people looked sweet. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. It's like, oh, 25? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, who who hearted the story? Who fire emoji the story? Like, who fire emojied my Instagram story? What am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I doing? I'm on yeah. vacation. Shouldn't that be the last thing I'm thinking about? But it's like <laughs> the first seven things I'm thinking about, you know? All seven of them. <laughs> so when are you, when does the, when does it start? Have you, do you um, know, do you know what's up? Well, I posted that story and I'm getting a lot of feedback from friends about different strategies to do. Um, that's been really helpful. Um, and when I feel like, okay, we've covered these bases and I have like a good way of doing it. That's definitely when, but I, the goal is by the end. Well, I mean, the story's up for 24 hours. So I kind of figured let me get that, get some information also kind of signal to the world that I'm planning to do that. And then, um, the world, uh, of my little bubble, <laughs> um, and then do that. Um, so yeah, I think beginning of next month. So what is that? We're in April, April one, April fool's yeah, day. Essentially we're, we're nearing the yeah. end of the end of March here. This April fool. Yeah. Th- this fool right here will be off Instagram. April and, 1. Well, yeah, I guess like what prompt did, did you say what prompted it or it's just yeah, kind of a mean reset. Yeah. Yeah. But I was talking to my buddy John last night and he was, Oh, this just I was came just up talking with. about the same thing. And I always like to think about it. The earlier in my trip, I was like, why am I posting stories of my trip? Like, I got, I don't really have a great answer about it. I do feel like if I don't like, I almost have more of an answer as to like what I feel like I'm losing than what I feel like I'm gaining. And most of it's like I'm losing at the end of the day, like viewers of a story who might like or send a fire emoji to a sign of a motel that I took a photo of. Like it's yeah, just, but it's yeah. So is it important to you that people know what you're up to and it's like, oh, like these twenty four people that looked, I want them to know that I'm out of town and I'm up to something and that kinda could like I just enjoy, like yeah. do you enjoy keeping people up to speed on your I life? I do. I okay. really oh, do. That makes sense. Then that's. Yeah. I think I need to hire like an assistant to just post for. Me. I just don't want to be on it. Oh, like, take the dopamine hit for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take it for me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Or like have an assistant post it, but they don't care about how many people have viewed it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's like send it. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, one day. One day. If anyone's into building a service for people that hires people to post your Instagram called full send <laughs> or send it and you just send them the thing and then they post it, that would be amazing. I pay at least $10 a month until I'm – it wouldn't be a long-term business strategy because your clients would eventually not be addicted anymore, but – the fir- it would be like at least three months you'd have clients first. You get thirty dollars per person. Maybe raise the price. Maybe the whole service is a hundred bucks for three months. There you go. There you go. Take it. Nice. Great. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what you do. Good example there. Good. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much. That's that's where we're at. That's the show. Do I, you have a theme song? I yeah. There's a theme song that'll play. I hope you enjoy it when you, How does it when go? you check it out. We could like bop to it. I don't know. What's no. the tempo? Well, you cut away from it and then you have the, it's it, cool. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. 
Um, well, last, last question. I know you're going to leave Instagram here, but where can people mm. find you? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, where do you um, if you want to see my Instagram, um, it's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-J dot Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. From there, my bio links to every experiment and thing I'm working on. There's like 10 at whatevers. I'm always big on making accounts of the project, so you could see all those. Um, and yeah, um, if you want to see any of the sort of like the business side of things, if you're like, hey, there, it would be cool to work with this person and uh, want to see some case studies of like design work. Um, I haven't really put up a lot of like one-on-one -on -one consulting case studies, but we could talk about it. Um, there is a website of my consultancy called Status. The URL is stt.us. Um, I dropped the A from Status. I told you I'm bad at naming things. Um, yeah, it seems like you're good at using multiple letters in a row. That's been a theme. It's consistent. Yeah, it's been a theme. Um, so stt.us, you'll see all the stuff. And that should be about it. I mean, if you're in Bushwick, hit me up. Let's hang out. Or if you're in Brooklyn, anywhere in New York, you want to hang, let me know. Anywhere in New York. <laughs> not anywhere. If you're really far in like Albany or something, yeah. I'm not coming up there. So no. you can drive down. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, yeah, I'll do my best. I, I'll have to get those links from I don't know why I'm saying this now. I'll get those links from you. Put those in the thingies. Um, but yeah, that's the show. Thanks for watching, listening, and thanks for coming out again. It was cool, cool having you out and talking stuff I don't normally talk about. So this was great. You yeah. asked a lot of really great questions. I love that you looked at my Instagram and like pulled from there. It, it made me feel like, wow, I really said some things, and it made me feel great. And but also like the topics were so uh, there's so much to them, and and uh, I felt really comfortable talking to you about it. So thank you. Lovely, lovely. All right. And um, nice to meet you. If you never heard of me before and spent an hour listening to me, thank you so much. That's pretty rad. All right. Bye, everybody. Oh, 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 oh.